0: The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times, entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Cast. Welcome to Into the Deep, I'm Jay Costa. Over the past two centuries, the people who have been trying to figure out if we could communicate with ghosts weren't just on the fringes of pseudoscience, many were and are in fact scientists themselves. For years, a plethora of scientists and institutions have explored the paranormal, from the co-founder of Harvard's psychology department, William James, who had an obsession with the supernatural, to Sherlock Holmes creator, Arthur Conan Doyle a trained physician and defender of spiritualism. Dr. Raymond Moody, philosopher, psychiatrist, physician, and author who single-handedly coined the term near-death experience. Heck, even Albert Einstein attended a seance. So why is it many in our modern times still have a binary concept of life and death that others have come to understand as being outdated? What happens after passing through the veil? Well, today's guest is on a mission to answer just that. Some of you may know today's guest from the popular paranormal and reality television series Ghost Hunters. He's now the director and host of the brand new paranormal series Haunted Discoveries. Today's guest is Brandon Alves. Brandon is the co author of the book Elements of a Haunting and has been using his scientifically oriented techniques to investigate hundreds of investigations. We talk about so much in this episode. We definitely talk about the premiere of the brand new series Haunted Discoveries, which debuts Friday, October 6th on TNE. We get into the mountains of research, disproving, corroborating facts, uncovering the shocking finds and so much more. So, join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Brandon Alves. Enjoy Thank you so much for doing this, brother. I can't thank you enough. I know who you are, but if you wouldn't mind sharing who you are and what it is you do for our viewers.
1: My name is Brandon Alves. I'm the founder of the American Paranormal Research Association. founded the organization in 2006 to solely investigate historical locations throughout the United States. I was lucky enough to be a cast member on a Ghost Hunters with Grant Wilson and Mustafa Gadolari and the rest of the crew. And been uh, doing it for a while now, and uh, love the paranormal. Love filmmaking, and always looking for spooky stuff.
0: Right on. Now, what got you on this trajectory? I know you've shared some personal things, uh, but for, for those who aren't sure, like what what got you on this path? So,
1: in 1995, I lost my oldest brother to cancer, and in 2004, I lost another brother to suicide. So, it was never really about a paranormal experience for me per se. It was just about having to grow up at a young age, learn about death, and think about the consciousness that possibly survives death so that's what's always kept me out there is trying to find answers about the ultimate end that all of us as human beings have and that's our mortality and that's that's death so for me it's about trying to find proof if consciousness survives and and find some cool stories along the way really
0: right on. And that you've definitely been doing for quite some time, (laughs) you know, uh, I got to ask too, is, has there been anything that maybe you started out feeling or believing a certain thing at the beginning of your career to where you're a complete 180 now?
1: Oh, that's a good question. You know, you know, I always had a perception of what I thought ghosts and hauntings were. Right. And that's people that came before us that somehow, project themselves into our environment and into our world. And you could talk about intelligent type hauntings. You can talk about what people believe is residual. But one thing we've noticed in our research is that belief goes a long way. And sometimes what we perceive to be a ghost or perceive to be a haunting may very well be our own belief system that's somehow manifesting itself. And that's something we've been exploring in the new show, Haunted Discoveries, and something that's definitely changed our research for sure.
0: Obviously, debunking things and using science to get down to the truth essentially is what you do.
1: Absolutely. You know, for me, it's about remaining logical, practical, and sticking to a methodology, uh, ethics, standards, and protocol. And I've been very lucky over my investigative career, work with some very brilliant scientists, medical doctors, engineers. I've been lucky to work with a good friend of mine, Dr. Harry Clore he's the first person in history to receive two PhDs simultaneously in any discipline. And he's been someone that I've worked with closely for a decade, who goes on investigations with me and really helps me to remain grounded in scientific principle and methodology. So first and foremost, it's all about trying to find a rational, practical explanation to what we believe to be supernatural or high strangest phenomena. And then once you're left with data that can't be explained, but you know primarily data that's quantifiable, that's collected with uh, instrumentation from other various technical industries that can help us understand what our environment is and what we're actually experiencing. And it's extremely important to take quantifiable data and take that to a third party that can tell us if it's something that's natural or something they can't explain. So first and foremost, that methodology is very important and just remaining you know on the ground, logical and practical.
0: Right on. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the impression that I got even from early on too is that you were that, you were just the tech savvy guy that everybody just leaned in on. So,
1: <laughs> you know, it's been part of it for sure. I, tech is a huge part of what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that if we're going to find proof that there is an afterlife or a supernatural phenomena taking place, we have to utilize technology and not just, you know, technology that's made for other industries, but to find data that can give us information, right? Because you know, there's a lot of devices out there people utilize that are made just for ghost hunting or the paranormal that really don't give us data. It it reaffirms the person's belief system, but it doesn't give us information that could be tested and utilized within a setting that can give us, you know, answers in every way, shape or form. I think there's a lot of, you know, garage tech is what we would call it that people utilize with their investigations that are not only riddled with false positives but just are hindering the, the research and moving it forward because it's again just reaffirming people's belief systems when in reality it's just a false positive that is from stray radio frequencies or emf bad wiring uh, a, a myriad of different explanations for some of these devices Uh, again there's no experts in this field there's no real right or wrong way to investigate something we really don't quite understand but if we want to move forward and have a true understanding of if there is a consciousness that survives death we have to utilize technology from other technical industries and really understand that people out there are experts with these devices there are people that are experts in uh, anomalies within science that can really help us, like you said, move the needle forward and really push this to a, a true science in some way, shape or form
0: yeah, I've always found that fascinating too, that you know there's this seemingly current need for higher education or higher technology to actually use that in this field so that people because now people are taking it far more seriously than I feel like they did 10, 20 years ago um, I don't know you being in the field um would you agree with that sentiment, at least?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think the popularity of the TV shows and pop culture have brought a huge uh, audience and a huge fascination with the subject, which has been there for thousands of years, obviously. I think it's human nature in a way. But I think people now, more so than ever, with social media and, and pop culture, want to know. And there's a higher consciousness now. And I think the more people that are being brought into this field and this genre, I think they want to see more credible results and more credibility behind what we're doing because, you know, with a lot of the shows and a lot of the entertainment that's part of the paranormal, you, you kind of see the same thing over and over again, which has been kind of a cookie cutter format that's been put out there that I think people want to know more. I think they, just like with, you know, UFOs and, and that whole thing with Disclosure they believe what they want to know right and i think that you know with pop culture and and with the advancement of technology i think people are wanting the truth and i think that we're getting there slowly but surely for sure
0: right on and i love how you bring up format and like this kind of template for the paranormal shows that you know some people have followed and i know you've uh, you've brought up a couple of times about uh, mtv fear <laughs> and uh just their structure and how they went about it as well too and it's fascinating to see where it is now and how like just how far we've either progressed or retrogressed so to speak
1: (laughs) absolutely no mtv fear was kind of a pioneer in the genre in a way obviously there was you know mystery shows and paranormal theme shows prior to that but not to that extent to where it's kind of set a tone for what we see in the paranormal genre today and i would say it's the greatest paranormal show made of all time not because of the methodology or discovery <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of, but because i mean that set a huge tone because i mean if it wasn't for MTV Sphere, you wouldn't see the type of shows we have today that's for sure
0: right on and it's so cool that you definitely bring that up and uh <laughs> i just you know i remember because i i mean that You know, that age group now, you know, like in my mid forties where like I've seen full spectrums of things and TV shows and reality shows. So it's just fascinating to see where things are now. And then even some people in taking the this, this medium and actually applying it to even short form content like, like TikTok videos and short form YouTube videos. Um, and where people, I guess, are taking it upon themselves to create their own shows and content and do things that with these technological advancements and platforms that we didn't have 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, I know. It's great. and It's good to see. I mean, and again, everyone has their opinion about how it should be done, right? Especially from a research point of view. But again, I think it's all in the rise of the pop culture. And like you said, with apps and, and the way you can reach a worldwide audience, which is one click of a button, it's, it's really fascinating to see. And it's really interesting to see where different camps fall within that.
0: Right on. So after, after your stint with ghost hunters, how much downtime was there before you were like, I got to do something.
1: <laughs> Not much. I mean, we, uh, the last case we worked on ghost hunters was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so it was, I mean, the world shut down. It was a thing. Uh, but right away, Mustafa and I started writing elements of a haunting the book that we published with the well worldwide. We went right into that, worked on that. And then, Right as we finished that, got it to the publisher and the editor, we started working on this new show, Haunted Discovery. So it really hasn't been much downtime when it came to the research and the work of everything. And it's been crazy since 2018 and just haven't stopped going since then. It's so uh, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been a lot of fun for sure.
0: It definitely looks that way. <laughs> it looks like you've definitely been super busy. Um, and like you you know, we were saying, actually, before we started. The show. Uh, I mean, you're already recording your third season, which is just incredible. Uh, anything that you're finding that you're applying differently for this third season that maybe you didn't do on the first two seasons?
1: Yeah, you know, again with this new season on season three, which we're which should be out this time next year because we got the first season coming out here on October 6, making its world debut a world premiere on uh, T in in Canada, which is cool, and then a lot of US news coming soon, but. Dr. Harry Clore, who I mentioned earlier, was with us on all the cases on this, on this run, which was wow. amazing. So having a world-renowned scientist and this living historical figure in Dr. Harry Clore there to guide us and, and help us with you know, methodology and, and scientific principle was massive. And there were some really cool discoveries we made, not only from a research aspect, but uncovering some really big pieces of history that have been lost to time was unbelievable but again i think the implementation of dr floor and having a world-renowned scientist with us in all 12 cases was pretty big for sure especially for something in this genre certain things are done a certain way within the paranormal genre within the ghost shows. but with this show everything plays out that what you're seeing on camera and what you're seeing in those moments is how it happens obviously there's editing for time constraints and things like that but nothing's set up in a way where it needs to happen at this moment or we're gonna we're gonna reveal this piece of information we already knew but we're gonna act like we didn't know so so there's nothing i would change about it because of you know the factual way it played out and some of the things that we discover or learn about a piece of history or learn about an eyewitness or the people we're working with is is in the moment and and plays out in a way that it actually happened so Going back and watching those episodes is just a really cool way to relive that journey.
0: Walk us through like you know normally you're you know you're set up for an investigation like how long do you give yourself as far as like time frame time window of the investigation and then you know with like setup tear down all that like because I think a lot of people don't realize how long of a day or night it really is for pe- you know, people doing this.
1: You know, with with the show, it's like we have twelve hour days, which are very extended periods of time. You know, to investigate, well, not only to investigate, but to sh- shoot. Uh, but with the investigation, at least twelve hours, right? And that includes doing baseline sweeps, learning about the environment associated with the house or a building or whatever it may be you're investigating, as far as what's natural, what's natural to the environment, what should we expect within the investigation, and then going in and trying to monitor and document after that. So it's a lot of work. It's a it's a, a lot of research, a lot of time spent, but well worth it. And Sometimes I wish we had more, you know, but, uh, you know, being that we have to get onto the next location and get to the next episode, uh, there's definitely times where I feel like it should call for more, but it's definitely long hours and a lot of research put into it.
0: Right on. If you can, whatever you want to tell us about what we could expect, uh, without giving up the ghost, no pun intended, but what, what can people expect from season one?
1: Well, season one is really interesting because it kind of started as a journey of me trying to find and acquire a paranormal research center, a location that I could buy that we can use as a twenty-four-seven monitoring uh, facility to try and really hone in on our research and understand that if ghosts and hauntings are real and this place, a place, is said to be haunted, we should be able to document that with different scientific instruments. And if we were able to do so on a 365, 24/7 basis that would make our research huge, right? And so it kind of starts as a hunt for paranormal research facility, but then turns into this whole other thing about the specific area we're investigating in Kentucky and how NASA recognized it as what they call the Kentucky anomaly and a place that has a higher gravitational pull anywhere else in the world. And uh, it turns into this whole other aspect of research. Uh, that we weren't expecting and, and beautiful things happen. That's for sure.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And Now, did you have any contacts already down in Kentucky before any of this or just kind of stumbled upon this through your search for a facility?
1: No, we did. So Kevin Audie, one of our, you know, cast members, part of APRA, who's been a friend of mine for over 15 years. He lived here in Louisville, Kentucky. And He called me and he was like, man, you got to get out here. There's some really strange things happening. I mean, everyone knows Louisville, Kentucky because of Waverly Hills. You know, it's a very well-known area. And then you have old Louisville out here who it's actually the largest collection of gilded and Victorian age homes in the country. So you have stories upon stories and, you know, hauntings are kind of a way of life here. The belief system where it's not a matter of is it real or not? It's just kind of everyday life out here. So that to me... Was something that was very interesting and you know a big part of our research when it comes to belief and cultural belief and how that affects you know what we perceive to be ghosts and haunting so there was no better place to start than than kentucky and specifically louisville kentucky
0: was there anything that i guess that could attribute to certain things i guess what are some of the effects of those gravitational pulls
1: well what's interesting is if you were to take an, a map of that anomaly and then you lay over Uh, a map of all the strange things happening in the state of kentucky they they line up almost perfectly which is really interesting and not only that you think about there's a higher level of psychosis in in this part of the country and specifically in those areas where that gravitational anomaly is as well so how does that play into it is it because Of this, you know, this anomaly that's taking place—is it affecting what we believe to be ghosts and hauntings, or is it a psychological element? We're Mm -hmm. not quite sure, and that's what we're looking into. But we explore a lot of different beliefs, and uh, we try our best to document that from a logical and rational standpoint. And we have some pretty amazing finds that occur over the course of the first season, then bled over into the next two.
0: That's awesome. Have you had any favorite? I guess moments that you know you can always look back to when maybe you're starting an investigation or maybe you're in one that might be a little bit taxing on you but you have a moment that you kind of reflect on that gives you that that drive or that inspiration to kind of keep moving forward
1: oh absolutely man like there's been a lot of instances of investigating places throughout the country i've been lucky to investigate 49 different states hundreds of investigations but It's always a couple of, you know, those handful of experiences and pieces of data we've collected that make not only me scratch my head, but also people that were lucky enough to consult uh, that can say, hey, we're not sure what this is. So thinking back to those instances, uh, as skeptical as I am a lot of the time, uh, as non-biased as I would like to remain, uh, thinking back to those instances are always, you know, keep the juices flowing and keep the passion going,
0: that's for sure. Talk to me a little bit about like, what's, what's it like when now you kind of, you're on your own, you've got, you know, your new show coming out, like, what's that feel like? And how does that work with like, you know, maybe some colleagues, peers, and other people that like have been in your life or are people coming out of the woodwork? Like, what's it like?
1: You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, you know, I've been involved in production and television for over a decade. I worked for ABC and CBS television for a number of years worked for various production companies uh i was lucky enough to with haunted discoveries work with stargazer television and they gave me the opportunity not only to direct produce and edit this series uh so it's it's been crazy but you know i've had a lot of people be supportive i've also had some people that have been friends of mine that have gone radio silent and have been a bit strange about the situation which is unfortunate but uh you know it's been a mixed bag in a lot mm-hmm. of ways but it's been a really great opportunity to work with amazing people on this and just be given an opportunity to kind of prove myself in a way to be able to say, hey, this is my vision for what I think a paranormal show should be, not only the investigation aspect and the methodology aspect, but to be able to say, hey, I think this is how the field should be portrayed. And I, I think that this is the way you know we should be looked at. And I'm excited about it. And I'm, I'm hoping people... I feel strongly about it. I hope people enjoy it and I hope that they see it for what the vision was for sure.
0: Do you feel as though that consciousness as a whole and how we're learning more about it even through on a quantum level, uh, how do you feel like it fits into the paranormal now today where it it wasn't explored before?
1: You know, I think it's, it's opening more doors. You know, and again, I think that there are people especially from other technical industries that wouldn't be as forthcoming about exploring this type of research as they are today right i think that you know medical doctors and engineers and scientists these people that typically would want to keep a different profile are now willing to publicly talk about it a bit more than they were even 5 years ago i would say so i think that's a very positive aspect to it and to you know, the the awareness and the consciousness are associated with it that you have people that need to be involved with this type of research coming out and you know willing to lend their expertise and their knowledge base to this type of research, and I think that's definitely been a positive thing.
0: Right on. That's what I've enjoyed about seeing this like congruence of science and the paranormal, and even just like as some call it you know whether spirituality or however you want to you know call it i uh, just seeing these congruence occur in our lifetime that you know i remember as a kid you know those ghost stories there's you know ufos and people wearing tinfoil hats and now we're seeing more and more people saying hey actually <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> right. that's something
1: to this exactly it's, it's nice to see science is putting the tinfoil hat on to be like, "Oh, let's let's try this on for a second. <laughs> so it's been nice. It's cool, you know.
0: It's odd. It actually fits. Wow, this is weird, <laughs> right? Fair have you had missions a bit better? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Have you had anybody ever contact you like that was maybe a skeptic, and then maybe now through some of your your research and some of your findings that they're saying, "Hey, you know, I'm going to talk to you about something."
1: I have. I have. You know, it's. It's been really cool to, again, have access to these type of people that are willing to look through data we've collected, especially when it comes to work we've done with the EMCCD camera and the paranormal photon theory, as stuff, and I call it, and giving them access to that information we have and and just being like, we want your full-blown opinion. You're not going to hurt our feelings in any way, shape, or form. And just be as brutally honest as you want. And there's been times we've had people come back and say, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what the heck this is. You know, I'm not sure how to even approach this uh from you know, a scientific uh theory aspect. You know, obviously there's gonna be theories, but they're not sure how to tackle it further without going down the rabbit hole per se, <laughs> you know. So it's definitely interesting, man. And there's been quite a few people we've worked with over the years that have uh opened their eyes a bit more, that's for sure.
0: Right on. Are there are any techniques that you're using today that maybe you you wish you had used or utilized or knew about, you know, years ago?
1: Yeah, you know, I would definitely say with the emccd camera and the paramo photon theory and trying to document photon events in these said haunted places is something I wish I had 10 years ago. Cause there's been instances where I've captured things that, you know, maybe visually were strange with the camera technology at the time, that if I had this very sensitive scientific piece of equipment, I would love to see how that would have played out differently, right? And what kind of quantifiable information and data we could have collected in those instances. Because, you know, the the technology that was available at the time left things a bit grainy, you know, and now it's, it's knowing that we can utilize this information, this technology to, you know, have results. Yeah, I wish I had that technology back then for sure.
0: Right on. Do you ever get concerned or do you have a concern? I I guess it should be the the question. Do you ever have a concern that because of the technological advancements that we have, that people are able to manipulate things to create anomalies that can eventually be captured?
1: Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, you know, especially with AI now and having a, a way where you can Create it. Well, you just type it into the computer; they'll auto-generate it for you, which is pretty wild. Yeah. But again, that's why I think you know having you know experts from other technical industries involved, and having think tanks and panels of people that can really just be unbiased and completely honest about what we're seeing. Is, you know, no feelings involved. You know what I mean? Just to say, hey, this is something completely uh, explainable, or this is something we can't quite put our, our head around you know that's what we need so it does it is concerning sometimes just to know that you know maybe the general population could see something like that and be uh fooled into believing it
0: mm. but
1: again i think that you know as time goes on and technology continues and people become more aware of what's happening i think that having these panels and think tanks uh is something we need and almost like a uh tribunal of uh science to understand what's is something that's uh, completely natural or something that's not natural. People talk about all the time, you know, we've explored space to an extent, we've explored the ocean to an extent, but I, I truly think the next, you know, final frontier, not to pull the line from Star Trek, but <laughs> is is life after death. You know what I mean? I think yes. that consciousness survive, surviving death. What is what is that? Is that a possibility? Is, is it is it something that happens? And I think 50 to 100 years from now, I think that it'll be even bigger of a topic than we're talking
0: about today. I have to agree. Uh, I had a great conversation with uh, Dr. Raymond Moody about consciousness and life after death. And it was just like, gosh, my my brain felt 20 pounds heavier after you know just a couple of hours talking to him and just his expertise. Um, and again, I, I think back to him being a pioneer and talking about near-death experiences and talking about all these different things and how, how deep he went with his his own research and his own experiences. Do you find, do you find that some of these earlier pioneers, uh, obviously, you know, there's always these unsung heroes, but do you feel like part of your work is, is kind of serving to justify some of these people?
1: Dr. Raymond Moody is one of my biggest influences in the paranormal field and a name that people do not talk about enough. Amen I mean, this is the man that coined the term near death experience, uh, specifically an experiment he conducted for many years. It's something we've conducted the build the psychomantium chamber. This guy, his theories, his knowledge is, should be a standard, I believe, in this community and in this line of research. And I, I, I amazing man. I mean, seriously, his work is just, it's, it's unbelievable. And it should be within the playbook of any paranormal investigator or anyone looking into ghosts and hauntings. Dr. Raymond Moody is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Ah,
0: heck yeah. That just, that just warmed my soul. My whole being was just tingling when you were, ah, yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think enough people talk about his work. I don't think enough people even talk about him and what he's done. So who are some of your other, you know, influences and you know, some people who maybe inspired you?
1: Hans Holzer is a big one, for sure. Uh, He's someone that remained logical, practical, went in to try and find the rational explanation first, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would have to say him. Uh, Emily Peach is another one. She wrote a a phenomenal book called Things That Go Bump in the Night many years ago, which is funny because it sounds like a goofy ghost book, but very detailed when it came to research and terminology and classification of what we believe to be supernatural phenomena uh something i've adapted into my work heavily and especially with elements of a haunting and trying to put together this classification system that we're using a lot of that terminology came from people like dr raymond moody emily peach hans holzer going back to the london ghost club you know in the victorian era uh maybe you had literary giants that were involved in in research of this kind that Wanted to find evidence of ghosts and haunting. So, um, you know, I've always been a nerd, a ghost geek when it came to stuff like this. And there's a lot of influences I have that go all the way back to, you know, Washington Irving, even who was someone that investigated the paranormal, which is crazy. Uh, so Harry Houdini is another one for me, uh, and his work, uh, debunking, uh, psychics and seances and, trying to find the truth you know he was someone that lost his mother wanted to contact her someone that knew all the tricks and when he found out that the spiritualist movement in large was fraudulent and for him to go out there and have the passion and the love of trying to find answers that's something to me that was always a big influence as well definitely
0: right on it's so great to hear again you know talking about harry houdini where like People just I I feel like a lot more people just know him about just being an escape artist and, you know, him just being the Harry Houdini that is portrayed in Hollywood. You know, they don't realize the other stuff about Harry Houdini, all the all the fringe on the outskirts of of everything. Yeah, I mean, he
1: even testified, even testified in front of Congress about it. Which is wild. If if anyone's watching, go and Google uh, Harry Houdini in front of Congress, and you'll see him holding up like all this, you know, psychic tarot cards and all this. I mean, this, it was a huge thing for him. Like, it was a, a true passion and a true battle that he wanted to take on that transformed what we know, really, in a lot of ways. And I, like you said, I think people, if they don't know, they should know when it came to Harry Houdini's work. And he even wrote an entire book about it. So.
0: Absolutely, it's uh, it's amazing how how many people in I guess that you can kind of connect the dots in this field, you know, in the paranormal field, and, and what you call, you know, where do you where do you see it progressing? Like where do you see it going? You no, know, I
1: I would hope again that it progresses into more grants from you know academic institutions. Uh, I, I hope that more people from technical industries and academia get involved and i just hope that we can one day look down the road and say hey there is something to this there is a way to quantify it there is a way to look into it and hopefully obviously not have all the answers i don't know if we're quite supposed to have all the answers per se but i at least have some kind of understanding uh, of something larger than this this and larger than us and i hope that uh, more people from other technical industries get involved and and they can you know rectify the situation when it comes to the rights and wrongs of scientific study of what we believe to be supernatural phenomena
0: right on well put just like we're seeing i think now with all this disclosure and things and obviously it's a little bit different than what some folks had envisioned this disclosure to be for ufos and, and extraterrestrials but um in the paranormal field and like with with you know ghosts and those things do you feel like some people just straight up don't want to have anything to do with it because of either belief systems or because of stigma or dogma or any of those things so therefore even if there is something there they're not going to acknowledge it
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know belief is a huge thing and especially with dogma specifically i mean you know Everyone's entitled to their belief system. Everyone, you know, has an opinion. Uh, but especially with certain religions, uh, if they found out that there was this consciousness that survives death, which I think is science and religion were closely related and people realize a lot of the time. I think it, it would be very earth shattering for a lot of people. And I think that they wouldn't, as much as it was, it, as it would rectify their belief, uh, I don't think they would want to look at it from that perspective. If that makes sense. Uh, but again, I, I hope uh, maybe with some kind of scientific discovery like that, it would uh, open the minds and hearts of people in a way we don't quite understand yet.
0: Yeah, I I think it's interesting because some interpretations of, you know, ancient writings and belief systems, you know, different through different lenses. There's there's ways that even with new findings, it still proves that belief system, but just in a different capacity. and. But again, I think it takes that individual to have that open heart and that open mind to be able to accept that because it's easy for folks to just have those, that tunnel vision, so to speak, and to not want to see it from any other way than how it was told to them by a mistranslation or et cetera, et cetera, a game of telephone. Um, But I I have to agree. You know, and this is where like with Dr. Raymond Moody, where I I see him pulling and making this congruence between religion and science and this spiritual realm and consciousness where there is something more i think we all kind of inherently know that there's something more and we're just trying to put our finger on it in the dark
1: absolutely yeah i think it's again it's part of the way we're wired right is we know there's something bigger than us as much as we're all animals and we're all egotistical in some way shape or form uh, we're just people but i think that deep down people know there's something larger and, and the question is what is that and hopefully we can get closer to that one day that's that's my hope at least
0: right on duh has there ever been a time uh any investigation where uh, I, I don't know what your fear level is but any time you've been just freaked out and had a throw in the towel
1: <laughs> no you, know, right you know luckily i haven't had that you know there's been surprising moments and shocking moments but nothing that's uh, shaking me to my core to say, Hey, I can't do this. Uh, again, I, I struggle with my belief every day. Uh, there's days where I'm all in and I believe, and there's months and years I'm like, there's, I don't know why I'm doing this. What am I doing? (laughs) So I'm always trying to find that healthy balance, you know, you know, what, what, what it is I'm trying to accomplish, especially when it comes to the research aspect. But, um, luckily I haven't had those, uh, oh shit moments. yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's awesome. That's good. Anyone that's ever been on a team of yours have those experiences? <laughs> like, oh, I think we just lost whoever they are.
1: <laughs> We've had like, crew members. Yeah. yeah. that got involved uh, that are, you know, TV people that work in the field or are, uh, you know, part of documentary film crews where they signed up for a job, you know, so it's just a ghost hunting show. Yeah. Sometimes uh, it gets a little much for them, so there's there's been crew that have come and gone because of stuff like that, for sure. Oh man,
0: <laughs> that's gonna be tough. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do, you, uh, do you ever hear from them again? Do you ever keep in contact? Oh yeah, with- <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah. Good.
1: absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's funny. Like there'll be a moment in season two of *Haunted Discoveries when it airs where one of our crew member has. I mean, they are absolutely terrified, and it's actually documented on camera what they experienced is documented and uh, you can see why they were scared, but uh, it was definitely an earth shattering moment for them for sure. Oh, gee.
0: Oh, I can can only imagine. So any other, any other books on the horizon or just so, so, I don't know, I guess preoccupied, I I would say with, (laughs) with haunted discoveries.
1: Yeah, it's working with Haunted Discoveries at the moment. Uh, Staff and I actually do have a spinoff series coming out too. We're about to start shooting in about a week, which is interesting. So uh, we're definitely entrenched in the Haunted Discoveries world right now and that aspect of our research. And we're just excited for people to see it and can't wait for it to get out for sure.
0: That's awesome. And getting to see all these great historical locations, I mean, that's just, that's got to be gravy on top.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You know, for me uh it's it's a way of reliving history in a sense right is going to these places where those that came before us lived worked and some passed in these locations and having the opportunity to go into these locations and possibly have the opportunity to communicate with these people is uh i guess any history nerds dream in a sense for sure
0: <laughs> any uh any places that stick out that like you really wanted to go to and have made it to or?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we just shot at a location uh, called White Hall in, uh, in Richmond, Kentucky, that is the home to one of America's most prominent figures that some may not know, but Cassius Clay was a huge figure when it came to this country and the formula of this country um, was there when Lincoln was in office. One of the guys got Lincoln elected, uh, was part of the administration uh part of the Emancipation Proclamation, someone that rewrote history in a big way. And for us to be able to get into his familial home and a place that he was born and died in was huge. And he was referred to as the Lion of Whitehall. And many people that are part of the university believe he's still there. And it was just an amazing opportunity to get in there and possibly uh, interact with the great Cassius Clay.
0: That's wild. Any any places that uh, you're hoping to go to? Any places that are still on the on the bucket list, so to speak.
1: Always man. One that's always there is uh, I would love to do the tower of London one day. That, that would be it. I mean, if you talk about the elements of a haunting, especially from a historical perspective, there's no better place than, than, uh, the tower of London. That's for sure.
0: Right on. Any plans? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so.
0: Right on. That's awesome. And so, um, we talked about, uh, October 6th is going to be, uh, Season premiere uh, on T&E, right? And yep. uh, what what else is coming up? Any appearances? Anything else uh, happening?
1: Yeah, actually, I will be at the uh, the Tennessee Haunts Expo. That's going to be at uh, Nashville, I think, on October 21st. Uh, I'll be there for that. And then, uh, yeah, just looking forward to the world premiere of Haunted Discoveries on T&E. And then uh, we'll have U.S. news coming pretty soon. So everyone's going to be seeing uh, Haunted Discoveries season one and two, very, very soon here in the U S.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's great, man. Uh, and where can folks find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on my website at brandonjalvis.com Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. So, uh, just brandonjalvis.com or just Brandon Alvis on all the social media handles and I'm there and, and as active as possible.
0: So that's awesome. And any, I guess anything that you think, if anybody's thinking about Trying to get into this field, what what advice uh, from your experience that you've garnered what what advice would you give?
1: Before you actively step out into the field to conduct research, do as much book research as possible. read the research of Dr. Raymond Moody, Hans Holzer, Emily Peach, uh, Hazel M Dennings, people like that. Do as much re- research you can from a perspective of what your goal is, what's your methodology, What are you trying to gain out of this field and the study of this type of uh, your research? Do as much book research as possible. Find out what you want to do. Step out and hopefully find uh, the elements of the great unknown. That would be ideal.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And uh, I guess what would be like your top pick for, you know, tech that you would say I can't do an investigation without?
1: Now let's say the EDI plus is a great, device that people should utilize because you're getting all aspects of environmental conditions i always call it the swiss army knife of the paranormal right you have everything from temperature humidity barometric pressure emf uh, vibration it's an amazing device not only to understand what your environment is but it actually data logs and records that information that you can actually cross reference between all your investigations and gives you a, a perfect methodology that i think everyone should adapt within this type of research
0: and there you have it. I can't thank Brandon enough for all his time, his space, his energy, and all his investigative research. The eight episode first season of Haunted Discoveries will debut Friday, October 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on TNE. And it's being offered free during TNE's seventh annual Creep Week event, which is running October 6th through the 15th. Be sure to check out Brandon's co-authored book, Elements of a Haunting. We hope you took a moment and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't yet, we'd ask that you take some time and do so now, maybe even share this episode with someone who might enjoy this kind of content. That's how we can grow as a show and how we can reach more people. Comment below and let us know your thoughts about paranormal activity and investigations. Have you had an experience? Let us know in the comments below. I just love the possibility of consciousness, surviving death. I think so many of us have been fascinated with that. So until next time, Take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.